I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. In episode 102 of the Food About Town Podcast, I had John Swan from all over the place in Rochester over to talk about the Rochester Cocktail Revival. This is the fifth year of the Cocktail Revival here in Rochester. Go to rochestercocktailrevival.com for a complete event list and all the great things going on here in Rochester this week. So John came over to talk about the event, talk about some of the you know, the big tentpole events here in Rochester, some of the smaller things as well. And we also talked about all of John's restaurants here in Rochester, uh, John and his family. It's really interesting to talk about it because it kind of spans the whole recent history of Rochester dining from Park Ave and Alexander Street. It was really interesting to talk through those places with John, see some of his influences. And I think you'll enjoy some of the talk towards the end about this newest place, Swan Dive, as well been an interesting first month for them in business and we dove into some of the reviews and some of the feelings on the place so far uh, i think it's a great design and a great location so i'm um, excited to see what they come up with in the next few months and years to come there on alexander street so go out and check out the rochester cocktail revival this week fifth year and enjoy some of the best cocktail places in town some of the best spirits from all around the state and all around the country and really enjoy what Rochester has to offer from hospitality and from a cocktail side of things. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it out. I'm at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook, and tag uh, John Swan or any of John's places, Dorado, Oxenstone, The Swan Dive, uh, The Daily Refresher, and one of his family places, Rue, and also tag The Cocktail Revival as well. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this year's event. From the slums of Shaolin, Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. The RZA, the Jizza, old dirty bast, an inspector deck, they pour on the chef. You guard, ghost face killer, and the out of a job, but what that brings me is the great opportunity to talk to other people in the industry, and this week is one of the biggest in Rochester. The weather looks beautiful. It's a sunny day. It's kind of spring, right? Yeah, it is. I'd say it's kind of spring. In fact, in the last hour or two, it really warmed up. Yeah, it feels great outside. And this is Rochester Cocktail Revival Week, the fifth year of the Rochester Cocktail Revival. Yes. And I'm across from one of the... Geez, one of the biggest hosts of the event. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Hi, my name's John Swan. I own Oxenstone, The Daily Refresher, and New Swan Dive, as well as Dorado on Park Avenue. And your family is sort of Rochester restaurant empire royalty at this point? Yeah, if you throw Rue into the mix, that's my mom's place where my sister's a chef. So, yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of spots. A lot of spots. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'd say for... The way I would define it is 
they're the spots that are when you think of what's on trend right now, not only here but around the country, you guys have really been on that point for the last few years. You know, when Dorado opened, it was, you know, that taco drive. When Oxenstone opened, it took this beautiful old building that's on Alexander Street. Yes. And took this beautiful old Rochester Institution building and turned it into something hip and modern. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we'll we'll talk more about the restaurants towards the end, but I wanted to focus in our first little segment about the Rochester Cocktail Revival. Sure. You want to give a quick little synopsis of it? Of it as an event? Yeah. Uh, because or a series of events? Yeah, because we've talked about it before, but it's always good to get a little refresher. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, I think the events, uh, when you round them out, what I'm most thrilled about is that it, promotes um the culture of uh, of bars in rochester in particular downtown and a, a relationship between all the bars uh so what that results in is you know uh excellent community um and friendliness between all the bars uh where we um i think have this um laid out where now we're working together where, you know, you'll go into good luck and somebody from there will recommend the Oxenstone or you go into Cheshire, somebody will recommend the daily refresher or something like that, um, occurs, which is really, really healthy. Um, as far as the events though, throughout the week, uh, I think this year there's over 70 events. I think there's 24, um, participating bars. I might have those numbers a little off cause it changes every year, but, um, that is, uh, that is a serious community and, a lot of coordination, a lot of credit goes out to, to Chuck and the rest of the team um, for coordinating, coordinating all that. Absolutely. I mean, the effort that uh, he and the team, you know, between Chuck uh, Sarankowski from Cure and Good Luck and, you know, Leah Stacy and all the other people behind mm-hmm. this event, the effort they put in and the diversity of the different events that are put on mm-hmm. is kind of staggering. It really is, yeah. I mean, we so we all coordinate, and Chuck is really, really open about getting everything, um, putting, putting everybody in the position to really shine in their specific venue. Um, and then the sponsors really come through. They've been really outstanding as well. So it's just been a it's been a really good experience each of the five years, and uh, we're all growing and still learning every year about how to make it better for the public and uh, using it as an opportunity to learn from the customers to better our venues um, throughout the rest of the year. Anyway, yeah, and um, one of the things that's always impressed me is it's it's not just big um, big public facing events. There's some really cool industry events if you happen to be available during the week. What I would consider, there's seminars, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's bar industry, so it's going to be a little more fun. Yeah. But, I mean, from things as diverse as, um, this one's happening today, so it's going to be after this one comes out, because this is coming out on Tuesday, we're doing this on Monday. But, like, today there's there's one about uh, mental health and bartenders. There's plenty going on during the week. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, women-focused events coming up. I see glass ceilings, mm-hmm. glass ceilings in bartending and everything else. Mm-hmm. There's just there's a lot of different opportunities to go through. I, I see one that looks like a Beyond Citrus, the Science of Acidity. That's over at Rue, and that's what another great topic. So there's a lot of industry-focused things going on. If you happen to be a cocktail nerd and you're available during the day, because almost sure. all those go on during the day, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff to go to, and if you go to rochestercocktailrevival.com, 
you'll find those going on during the week. Cool yes. stuff to go try out. Yeah, there's also tickets available um, for all those seminars that uh, are selling tickets on Eventbrite. Nice. You can get there via the, the RochesterCocktailRevival.com. Right, so that that's a one big part of it. So it's a, an industry gathering event. And I know uh, I just finished this weekend a spirits judging competition, which was a great time. I'll talk about that in another episode because that, <laughs> that deserves more than a couple minutes. Sure. <laughs> um, but what I did run into were people that came in from all over the country that now have this um, feeling about Rochester because they've been here for the revival before. Yeah. And they've gotten to love Rochester from coming in and the hospitality mm-hmm. of what we've done here. Yeah. Well, I think from to spin off that um, cocktail revival, it's all about the cocktails, right? Well, I would argue actually that it's much more than that. In fact, um, to your point, um, Rochester, I think, uh, has had kind of a food um, resurgence uh, in quality, especially in, in in the types of restaurants. I I remember growing up. I grew up here, so um, growing up, you you had a few restaurants that you could go to that were you knew would be really good, and you always just remember the ones that you visited in New York or San Francisco or whatever. And uh, you didn't really have those opportunities here as much. So I would argue that the cocktail revival. Um, instilled a certain attention to um, how important it is to make a great drink. And I think that has spilled over in some way or maybe in synergy with um, the, the food the food push too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we've, we've seen, like you said, in this last, it's really been about five years or so, mm-hmm. this drive towards what I would consider the modern style restaurant. Yeah. And we've got, we've got, uh, you know, beautiful design. We've got menus that are, you know, a little more diverse, a little more attention to detail. And cocktails are a big part of that. Definitely. If you don't have, it's weird if you go into a place, and it's happened to me before here in town, you go to a new place and, you know, the food's hitting those kind of notes and the drinks, they didn't pay attention to that part. And it's you're like, exactly. oh, how, 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 how did you not? You, you need to do both. <laughs> Right. To make it a cohesive experience yes, and not to be a wine evangelist, I think you need to focus on wine, too, and try and get that part on point. Because if you just have a distributor-focused list that is really generic, you're kind of missing out on that opportunity, too. I agree with I mean, you It's totally. kind of everything now, really. You yeah. can't ignore anything and be a modern restaurant as far no, as I'm No, it's very concerned. competitive now in, in a good way. I think um, so. And um, I, I thrive in that. I love that 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 dynamic of uh, restaurant the restaurant world in Rochester at the moment um, but again to your point I think that the the focus on cocktails and the focus on uh, you know good service at the bar has permeated and I think has made a more complete restaurant um, uh, community absolutely yeah well I think the other thing about cocktails specifically is, there's there's an experience involved in a cocktail. There's this customization. There's this creativity because you know serving beer, you know, although there's a ton to it, and serving wine, there's a ton to it. There's this different experience with cocktails when you sit down with a bartender who either came up with the cocktail or is creating something specifically for you. There's this there's this completely different feel to it sure. where I think that gives you that opportunity for great hospitality. Yeah, I think, and it coincides, I think, with um, the, the, 
the kind of fad of having an open concept kitchen where mm. people started to care about, um, you know, watching their food be made and have that kind of put on display. And it was a show or it is a show. Um, I love that dynamic of restaurants. I wish the Ox and Stone had an open kitchen. Um, <laughs> a little bit hard in a building that, that, that's that old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you watch your barman uh, craft you a drink. You, you get to watch the care that's put into it. And if you get one that's mastered, you know, flavors and whatnot, um, they're going to be able to craft you something and curtail them to exactly what you like, yeah. which is a really fun experience and unique one. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's the challenge of the modern bartender. It's yeah. not just a blank and blank anymore, although you know the bars will serve you that if that's what you're looking for. But there's so many little things going into it, like we're talking about you know, acidity in a drink. You know, you know, a well-trained bartender will be able to talk to you about, you know, this one's got malic acidity, this one's got citrus, you know, citric acid acidity, and how that changes the cocktails, which you know, in places like you guys have, you know, you've got you know, Mexican, Latin themes where you'll get more of that lime acid, the malic sure. acid stuff in your drinks. Very familiar with lime juice. Yeah, I would <laughs> hope so at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's uh, it's you can really, really geek out, I guess, on this stuff, and I find it really interesting. Um, it's it's about I I always try to tell my bartenders it's like you're trying to take them somewhere else, um, and round out the experience that they're having at 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 this you know at their particular dinner or lunch or whatever they're having. Well, let's yeah, I, I agree completely. But so let's let's go. Let's talk about some of the big ticket events here at the sure. Rochester Cocktail Revival. Some of these are done every year, but they're worth mentioning because these are the big signature events. And again, we're not going to cover everything. There's lots of cool events with sponsors and specific spirit uh, producers at um, places all around Rochester. So if you have an open night this week. Go check out RochesterCocktailRevival.com. Find out some of the other cool things going on. But let's talk about some of the big ticket events. These are the signature Rochester Cocktail Revival things. Sure. Um, probably the the one that's most notable would be um, the barroom battle. Um, people seem to talk about that quite a bit. There's a lot of hype around it, and rightly so. It's an extremely fun event. And in years past, it always takes place on the on the last day, which is the Sunday. Um, and in years past, it's been geared towards kind of a pat on the back uh, to all the bartenders that have put in a lot of effort into the whole week. But this year, we're changing things up. We changed the venue as well. As well, it's now at uh, Radio Social, so it's a much larger venue. Um, a different vibe. I mean, it was great at the Playhouse. Oh yeah. It's I mean, been... it was a it was a blowout. Oh yeah. But I think Radio Social, with the space that they have there, can make it a very different feeling event. Yeah, and, and I think one that would cater more towards um, the general public. Uh, so we drastically reduced uh, the ticket price to make it much more uh, enticing, I think, to people. So I think it's $10 this year as opposed to, I think it was 30 or $35 last year. Nice. And uh, we're, we're putting more energy into... Um, what we call the Iron Shaker event this year, um, uh, where it's almost like a chopped challenge type event where you pit a couple, all the bars to, against each other, basically, and uh, whoever makes the best cocktail wins kind of idea. With those kind of ingredients? Yeah, and there's a mystery ingredient that's going to be provided to us that day by Black Button, which is always a fun experience. 
Um, yeah, Jason's a devious guy. So yeah, I, he I, has the first year was peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it was, wow! And I was actually competing in that one, so it was that, that was, was a, a challenge. challenge. It was like, how do you get the bread in there? I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was really, really uh, that was fun, and we're gonna we're gonna pay a little more attention to that. And then, of course, the um, the speed competition is just. It's so there's so much energy. Um, it, it's so you know good hearted and fun. Um, it really you you get to see the you know to speak to the community that I was talking about, the camaraderie that we have um, on an inner bar um, yeah, basis is, is just amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah, and you really I I love the competitiveness that comes out in it. Oh but yeah, <laughs> everybody's cheering for each other. If you want, if you want to see what the whole scene is about, go to some of these competition events. I mean, the you're right, the camaraderie, the it's honest competition in the best possible way. Sure, um, it's it's just a blast. It's a fun time. Yeah, the whole thing's sponsored by Campari, um, and uh, which so, hey, respect to Campari. Oh That's my god, they stuff. put it on. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> they they have such a great portfolio too, and. Uh, They'll have they'll have their whole portfolio there, and all the bartenders will be mixing drinks uh, almost exclusively with with that portfolio. But there'll also be other sponsors there too, tasting their their spirits and uh, for the general public. And you get that with your access to the event. Awesome. Yeah. Um, no, a couple other the big ones. So there's a spirit tasting spectacular. This is at the Metropolitan yep. Building. Yep. And that's uh, that's Saturday morning. Starts at eleven. Um, a beautiful space there at the Metropolitan. It's where the new Bar Bantam is. Right. It's uh, one of uh, Chuck Sarankowski's new places. Mm-hmm. And one of my, uh, I love uh, Sean O'Donnell, the new chef over there. Yeah. It's a great uh, space for this kind of thing. And I'm sure they can take over that entire floor with tastings. Yeah. It's a really fascinating building, too. It is, yeah. It's got a, it's got a great history. And it, it's, it was a shame when it was, in shambles for so many years. I was yeah. so thrilled. Uh, I had the opportunity to go take a walkthrough of it when it was uh, being built out yeah. by Pat Dutton, and it was uh, uh, just beautiful. There's plans, and they all came you know, to fruition on time, I think, and wow, it's just a gorgeous place. Which is an accomplishment in yeah, of itself. Right, I know. Anything on time in the construction and or restaurant business is yeah. surprising. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so that, that's that's one of the big ones. I think that one is that one does have tickets, but again, only 15 bucks. You're going to get a ton of New York State distillers and sure. great samples. And I think that's another thing. If you go to any of these big events, there's almost always a sampling table, something we can go around and try yeah. these products as part of your ticket price, which is one of the great reasons to go to these events. Totally. And those those samples, um, I really encourage people to go just as kind of a bar nerd myself or a drink nerd myself. Um, you you see these crazy bottles sometimes, and I, I, I often see a customer who might not be as well informed, and they'll, they'll, they'll ask me, you know, what's, you know, what's falernum or, you know, something like that. Well, these are integral parts of various cocktails, and a lot of people haven't had the opportunity of, opportunity to experience them on their own as a freestanding spirit, as an element in a drink. It's it's really important to do that. All my bartenders, I I, I kind of reinforce them to uh, keep their palate up on those things. So mm. have an opportunity to get out there and try some spirits, something you might be able to add to your home bar from Market View or century or something like that would be, I think, in your best interest. Absolutely. 
one, there's so many weird opportunities, stuff you wouldn't necessarily buy, but when you go taste it, you're like, oh, wow, I yeah. could do this amazing thing with this product. Right. Like allspice jam or something, oh. just like all these... It's so so much fun. Yeah, to I refer back to the competition I had this I was judging this weekend, we tasted a dill flavored vodka, mm-hmm. which you think, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> and man, it was one of the best things we tried the whole weekend. So cool. It was like fresh dill all over with, you know, some caraway and fennel, and it was just dynamically savory. Yeah. And it was one of those like all the opportunities just exploded in your head. What cool stuff could we do for this? Yeah, besides Bloody Mary. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it's something great. Like, you picture pairing that with something else. Yeah. And it's one of those things, once you taste these different flavors, the combinations start rolling in your head. Yep. And what can I pair this with? How can I make this a great party drink? Absolutely. Something different to either, you know, serve for yourself or serve for, you know, guests at a party or... Hopefully something you get to try at your favorite bars around town. Right. And the, I think the other cool thing about cocktails, I mean, wine and beer does do this fantastically, obviously. You have a great, you know, wine with whatever you're eating. I mean, the pairing there is natural. But even cocktails maybe not, maybe weren't uh, originally designed to do that. But I think you can achieve a cocktail that pairs so well with a dinner that actually raises the level or the bar of the food that you're eating. So that's an interesting way to take cocktails for sure. Absolutely. So one of the other big days, the cocktail revival happens to run across Cinco de Mayo, which is Saturday. Yeah. And I'm sure this has already made you guys nervous and everybody else because that, that is a huge day. You've got two <laughs> you know, Latin restaurants between Dorado and Oxenstone, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on on Saturday. Yeah. Well, Cinco de Mayo, I mean... <clears throat> I would like to say I'm nervous. I'm not. I used to get That's nervous. Good. <laughs> Some of my employees, I think, are. But um, <laughs> at this point, I mean, Cinco de Mayo is so feel good. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of comparisons, I think, just from an event standpoint to, like, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Um, at some point, you get to capacity, right. you know, at your venue. And, you know, you're just – what's so fun about this industry is, you know – Gosh, I really am harping on camaraderie and community and stuff, but it's it's as a unit, as a team, it's really fun to galvanize on that day and, and just you know roll with all the problems that are going to happen because they will, and um, it's just such a f- fun, fun time. Yeah. So you guys have some some events going on on that day, correct? Yeah, Ox and Stones is going to be so good. Um, we're doing a carnival theme. So if you've ever come into my bar and maybe I, I would assume that you've probably been served by Kevin Wade and maybe Dan or Bridget, or maybe Taylor, um, now maybe Elizabeth, who's our newest bartender. Um, you might you might have had a chance to say, you know what, I would I would like to dunk these people in a dunk tank and <laughs> Well, your opportunity's here, Rochester. You can we're <laughs> getting great. a dunk tank delivered um Saturday morning, we're going to fill it up, fill it up with cold water, <laughs> and uh, well, you'll get the opportunity to go out there and dunk them. That's be great. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it all. There's so many opportunities to do cool stuff. Sure, and it's not only you know at John's uh, restaurants, uh, you know, Bitter Honey's doing a big Cinco de Mayo event as well. Yes, there's so many opportunities to go out and explore on a day like that where it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a hype day. It's going to be big. Oh yeah, 
Yep, it's going to be actually crazy, I think. So many opportunities to go bounce around and try different places and see what they're doing on a day like that. Completely worth it. Sure. Um, and, of course, there's also going to be late night stuff all around town during the oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, we'll be going till 2. Yep, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a big time. I think the other, the other big event, uh, and again, plenty of other what I would call, you know, event like things, you know, pig roast. I think you guys have a luau at Oxenstone. Yep, on Friday. Which, awesome. But the other one is the Big Rochester Cocktail Revival Gala. That's on Thursday night. It's kind of the... It's um, kind of the kickoff, sort of. I mean, I know it's midweek, but we've always referred to that as the true kickoff to the weekend. Mm. And uh, I am so excited for the first time uh, since the Cocktail Revival started, I'll be able to partake in an event. I'm going to take the day off. Not oh, the whole day. Great. I'm going to take the night off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go for a couple hours and then go back to work. <laughs> um, but I can't wait. I'm going to take my wife and her friends. It's going to be a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems I've actually never been to the gala before. I've been to lots of the other events, mm-hmm. but I've never gone out for that. It looks like, and it's at a Artisan Works, which is one of, it's you know, cool. one of Rochester's coolest venues. Totally. It's going to be such a blast. Yeah, and it's, it's a great place for it because, again, Tons of samples, and this one is actually one of the bigger sample events too, right? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've always enjoyed going to uh, the different these different big tasting events, I remember I went to one, it was, um, it was a Jim Beam and Suntory whiskey tasting event. This is over, over near uh, where Boxcar and Bitter Honey are now on Railroad Street. Okay. And man, I... I got to taste through an entire portfolio. Yeah. Uber. Thank, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's actually something there. I believe there is a special. It's an Uber code. Yeah. There's an Uber code through the Rochester Cocktail Revival, which if you're going to these events, not that we should have to tell you this. Yeah. But. There's a shuttle too. I mean, it'll take you from venue to venue. Oh, that's great. Uh, but the Uber code uh, is is where it's at. I think that's, I mean, it's going to be great. I, I wish I was an Uber driver that, that week. Oh God! It's it's going to do pretty well. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um. I don't remember. You know, I saw it at some point, but I don't remember where it is. I think if you search for it, you'll find it pretty easily. Uh, the Uber code and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It should be on the the website, I believe. Yeah. It's again something you definitely should utilize. It's not that expensive, and there's a lot of fun events you want to go to. And you got to be responsible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And with all the tastings and everything else. Totally. Driving's not necessarily the best idea. I would agree. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Was there any other big events we wanted to cover before we take a break? Um, as far as as far as the big events for the um, RCR, I mean, there's. I think you nailed on the big three. Um, yeah. Between the Metropolitan and the Gala, as well as the Barroom Battle, I think there's so many good ones. You really got to get on the site, and I think that with over seventy different events, you're going to find one that talks to you and, um, you know, maybe you're low key and you want to geek out with some citrus knowledge, or maybe you just want to party like one of the bartenders. I mean, there's, there's everything available. And I think since this is coming on Tuesday, some of the dinners are probably sold out by now, but if you want to do a full dinner with pairings and everything else, there's different pairing dinners and sponsored dinners. Uh, there's one with uh, Steven Soderberg. Which is so cool. From Singani. He's in town screening uh, a movie about what he's doing. Yep. And there's you know different ones. There's a Four Roses dinner. There's this dinner. There's that dinner. Yeah. There's tons of them. You know, Go to the website. Check that out. It's a great idea to go to at least one of these pairing dinners 
there's so many great restaurants doing them. Pick one at least and go try that out. It's a great experience. and really gets you involved in the cocktail revival scene. I love them because they get the kitchen involved. Absolutely. Um, we have the we have one on um, Wednesday evening. It's a scotch pairing dinner in a Latin house. So you can oh, that's imagine great. that, which is interesting. And we've got we've got peach coming or peat moss coming from Scotland um, that we're going to be smoking some. I believe we're smoking fish with. Um, we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff for it. It'll be really fun. That sounds great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Something really integrated and yeah. gives it gives the kitchen opportunity to get involved. It's it's a beautiful. These dinners are. I think part of the heart of the event, really. Yeah, definitely. So something good idea to go try out. I would agree with that. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a break, and we're going to dive into, so to speak, not to say we're nice. doing <laughs> swan diving, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about you know John's path in Rochester and uh, all his places and what they're offering here in town. We'll be right back. Before we get back to this week's episode, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. Frankly is the best way to find out how your favorite local restaurants source their products and also how to find your favorite specialty goods. You can check out restaurants like Joby and Coffee, Marty's Meats. Search for them on Frankly and find out where they source their goods from. Or you can check out your favorite specialty product like Guglielmo Sauce. Search for them on Frankly and find out all the locations you can buy their sauce all over. That's Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. All right, and we're back. So um, just before we dive into talking about uh, John Swan's other places, just a reminder again, go to RochesterCocktailRevival.com to check out all the events going on throughout this week. I'm sure there will be events tonight, which is Tuesday, and lots of stuff all through the week. So uh, check that out. And, well, let's let's talk for a little bit about the Swan Empire here in Rochester. <laughs> we, we talked about the places. Let's, let's list those off again. Sure. Uh, I started, well, I guess my family's uh, s- start was at Sabone, which is now called Rue. And Sabone was such a specific place in Rochester yeah, I remember the crowd. I mean, I remember my friends, and really, typically, my my female friends in their twenties absolutely loved that place. Oh yeah, yep. It, it was, was kind of perfectly that place on Park Ave. It was. It was. It had a great run, and I mean, it was doing great up until the end. But for my 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 sister, you everybody that misses Sabone can you can blame her for having blame that her, end. Blame her and thank her because it's it's, yeah. a, it's a different place now <laughs> with a bit of a different vibe to it. Definitely. It's much more French-oriented. Um, she is uh, a classically trained French chef. She's really, really good. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been good there. That spun off to Dorado and then... Which is also on Park Ave. Yeah, right next door. And that's what, what you'd call a you know, hybrid Mexican menu. Yeah, I would say that. I would... If a lot of people, you know, say Tex-Mex or whatever, I think ours is a little more Calamex-ish. Yeah, and it's weird. I think people people are still wrapping their heads around the different versions of Mexican food. Yeah, definitely. Because you, again, I, I'm going to generalize a little bit because there's really no other way to do this. But people hear Mexican, they only think of one thing. Yeah, and, and everybody's thing is different, which so so it's so complicated. Mexican food is one complicated here in America because we have different versions that have been Americanized in different ways. Sure, because you know Tex Mex, where whether it's 
you know, the really Americanized versions, the border versions that are, you know, different hybrid levels. Yes. And California Mexican, which is actually kind of different from Southern to Northern California. Yeah, it's almost got a Polynesian t- tinge to it. Well, yeah, because Southern Southern California Mexican, especially going down towards San Diego, I mean, is Baja food. Yeah, a lot of fish, tacos, and just amazing food there. And then, you know, you go to L.A. where they're doing more, you know, Mexico City-style street food. Yep. And going north, it's more hybridized. You know, the big burritos everybody enjoys, those are, those are mostly an American invention. Yeah, that's, up in that's San true. Francisco. I mean, it's all and it's all delicious. I, oh, I, absolutely! I, think it's, I might get I might get myself in trouble here, but <laughs> as a as an owner, as a I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a, basically a Swedish person. Um, I've got that in my background too. Good man. Um, and I own a Mexican and a Spanish restaurant, so go figure. Mm-hmm. But um, early on, people would you know. It would just say, "Oh, it's not authentic," and whatever. And I mean, people get very, very passionate about um, their their Mexican food uh, kick. I agree, and uh, rightly so. You know, I, I know I, I do. There's I, no doubt same, about it. You know, and I, I I'm okay with that. You know, I I I fill I fill a niche that I wanted to fill, and um, it, it's 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 been a great great time at Dorado. Dorado's so much fun, and yeah, it's. Uh, some people ask me which one's your favorite. I'm like, God, I always say Dorado. I think it's just because I've got a special spot in my heart, you know. And a place where if you want to try different um, agave style spirits, I know you guys have a very big selection there. Yeah, I think we have the largest selection. We have over 300 tequilas. I think we have. Um, oh, Ryan's going to kill me. He's the manager there. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't prepared for this question, but I think we have 50 or 60 mezcal. Um, I mean, in a place of that size, this is not a big place. No, to have I, that kind of selection. Yeah, is, hang them from the ceiling. It's, it's pretty wild. It's kind of staggering, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a, a, to go back to the to talk about Mexican food, it doesn't really matter what style you decide to be. You can hybridize as much as you want. The food just has to be delicious. It has to be well executed. I think that's so the way too. I take it. Yeah, I think so too. It's. I mean, yeah, I didn't come out of the gate saying uh, it was authentic Mexican food. I never never said that. People see the word taco and they want to have an authentic one. Right. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. And I, I think Mexico, uh, a taco in Mexico City is very different than a taco in Tequila, Mexico, and, you know, in Oaxaca or whatever. I mean, Absolutely. They're, just, they're different. So. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the interpretation. It's, it, it's weird when you talk about it. it. It has the regionality of any other country. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes, you talk about Italian food, it's so regional. Totally. And Mexican food is very similar you know, the Mexico City style tacos, what I picture as it, you know, the simplistic, it's yeah. it's meat, it's cilantro, onion, cilantro, onion, and yeah. maybe a sauce. Yeah. I don't mind, you know, a little bit of salsa, you know, an avocado salsa, something like that on mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. is great. It accents the whole thing. It's simple. It's basic. But it's also a great vehicle, just like any sandwich. Yeah. To show creativity, to try out different textures and flavors. I agree. Totally. Um, so Dorado Park Ave, that one's been around for how long now? Uh, it's we're this will be the tenth year. Wow, I know it has to have gone fast, right? It really has. The first three years really went slow. <laughs> we were not very busy, but um, we we've gotten busier and busier every year, and um, it's really really great now. So I, what I, what was it what was it that changed in those first three years that 
turned it around. What do you think about that? Well, the first year, I opened that in the in an era where the liquor authority was a little slower getting the licenses out. So ah. I was actually open for about nine months, and I was trying to convince people to eat a taco with an organic soda. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like. <laughs> Nobody cares. That's not going to work. And I knew it wasn't going to work. But Although delicious. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like uh, tangerine soda or something? That sounds great. Yeah. But um, we got our liquor license, and I was focused on making sure that our margarita was uh, our own. And, and I didn't want uh, a straightforward, all lime juice, you know, sugar, basic margarita there. Um, I knew what I wanted to be. So our, we make a mix in-house with fresh lime juice, fresh orange juice, um, some simple sugar. And and we make make it that way because, you know, we wanted to be consistent and, and what have you. And that was also, bear in mind, we were opening at a time that was way before cocktail, the cocktail movement came around. And um, it was only the first couple places that were open at that point, like, you know, I think was Good Luck in Cheshire open at that point. Good Luck was open because I remember building or working and being being depressed because I only sold like three three tables of food or something, and then you know go have a gimlet at Good Luck and I'm like wow this gimlet's so good fresh lime juice sugar gin and I was that's it yeah. you know that's all you need um that that's actually what opened my eyes to the drinking scene and I was fortunate uh, to have visited some really great restaurants in. Um, New York City and uh, Seattle, San Francisco, Philadelphia over the years that really, really just cemented in my mind whilst cocktails are the way to go. And that's how that's how the Daily started, truthfully. Um, was that that was the next place that opened was the Daily Refresher? I think Cheshire had opened up. We were both building out at the same time and they beat us, I think, to be open. Uh, maybe maybe not. I can't but remember. Right so around was, the same yeah. time. Um and um, we were we were we were so novice in hindsight, opening that place up. And we've again, learned so much. Yeah, daily refresher on Alexander Street. Yeah, on Alexander, we we opened that place with the intention to provide uh, a giant spirit selection, uh, whiskey focused. Um, that kind of spilled out. If we actually have a dangerous rum selection there, and. Uh, people don't realize that, and a, a lot of Amari, which is really fun, great for mixing cocktails and stuff. It's almost essential to have that as a cocktail bar, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So we um, we started that out with a clear focus on uh, opening a cocktail bar that would um, bring some of the things that were happening in like New York City, such as like PDT or Schiller's Liquor Bar back in the day was really good, and um. We we were super super influenced by those spots, mm-hmm. and yeah, brought it home. And you definitely say, I mean, Daily Refresher versus a lot of places is a cocktail bar. It's not really a restaurant. No, it's not. We do have a food truck. We plan to augment our food offering here soon uh, with our back patio um, situation. Yeah, you've got food, but it's it's really a cocktail bar, definitely. And you know the the truck does some some cool stuff with the burgers and the garlic fries and things yeah. like that. But it's it's a cocktail bar first and foremost. Absolutely, we spend a lot of time mixing and you know tweaking the cocktails and stuff to be a certain way. And um, it's but the daily is so much fun because it, it 
it's a place that has um, throughout the week a lot of different clientele types, and we hit on a lot of different demographics there. Um, and I like to think of us as a spot that can really first open up people's minds because right down the street is like the home of they're not calling them Cuba Libres, but like rum and cokes and whiskey mm-hmm. gingers and fireballs <laughs> and whatnot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, A Street is that. So when when you opened on A Street, oh, we stuck how out like that? a sore thumb. Yeah, I mean, it has to it had to have been different because what was it before? It was a club, right? Yeah, it was called Blue Room. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have. I don't. I don't think they're fond memories, but they have <laughs> memories of the Blue Room or partial memories. Partial memories, good call. <laughs> but uh, my my partner there, Cameron, and I. Um, I mean, we're you, you've been there, so it's been up. There's an upstairs bar, downstairs bar, and we'd split it. You know, we one would be up, one would be down, and I mean, there'd be nights where like we could get four or five customers, and we just said we got to stick this out. And it's fortunate that we didn't have the same reception when we opened the daily as we did with like the Swan Dive, for instance, because we were able to hone. So we trained ourselves, um, and then we started experiencing. Um, the great bars of the world, you know, Cannon Whiskey Bar, um, PDT and Death and Company, employees only, all the all the great bars of the world, we make a point to go and visit as often as possible, multiple times a year, especially I, especially me, I've got, I geek out big time on it, but um, we w- both went to Bar Smarts and got trained, and Dave Wondrich uh, was actually one of the people that trained us, along with... Um, He's actually going to be here for the cocktail revival, by the way. Um, is he doing a talk? He is. He's doing actually. He's doing it at the Ox and Stone. Oh, great! Yeah. What, what day is that? That is. Let's see. That is Friday afternoon, I believe. Um, yeah, and that's a, a brief history of bartender guides. It's uh, three p.m. on Friday. Yeah, thank you. I nailed it. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got so many I go, going on. <laughs> it's it's hard to keep them all straight sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, th- that we we trained and we continually taste, and I'm really proud to be in a position where now it's f- uh, gosh, how many years has it been? Six years or so. Yeah. Um, so what what is what is it about those places that you wanted to bring to the refresher? What what kind of vibe was it about those places that that drew you in? Well, each place has a different vibe. That I, I every time I go out to a new place, I don't care if it's in Rochester or where. Um, you know, I'm, I'm immersing myself in what they're providing me from a service perspective and from a product perspective. So every place is different, but in particular with PDT, um, if you've ever been there, it's called, please don't tell New York, it's a speakeasy. Uh, you actually enter this place through a little hot dog joint called Criff Dogs in a telephone booth and it's the coolest place. Um, we were just overwhelmed with the cool factor there oh god yeah it was so much fun and uh their cocktails are world class i mean that place has been rated best bar in the world at least once um so that element of speakeasy style from pdt was big for us and then just you know that place as well as brandy library comes to mind for their unbelievable selection of spirits and we, we love that concept. Or Al's Liquor Bar, actually, believe it or not, in Syracuse. That's it's a like, great name, by the way. It's so good. I mean, this place was so good. And I we thought, wow, I just love, I love 
I love how many different whiskeys there are and how many different expressions there can be and how they change the cocktail. And a lot of people were at that time as, you know, I want my Jim Beam and whatever. Right. And exactly. That's it. So I wanted to teach people. You know, that was that was what we were predicated on there. And that's cool. And there's still, you know, still an upstairs and downstairs. So, you know, if downstairs is busy and you want a little bit chiller uh, experience, go upstairs and check that out. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. And there's always some, I've gone to some interesting things there. I've gone to, um, you know, they had different readings there. Sure. And it, it's great to, it's, there's always something different going on at the refresher. Definitely. So that one, there's your cocktail specific. And the next one. Right across the street. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. <laughs> Honestly, though, it wasn't, they didn't, it's not like they had a sign in the window. It was the weirdest thing. They were they were closed down. They had they had a, a person there on a every day kind of just turn the lights on and just kind of work there and take calls and stuff. It was it was an interesting scenario. Um so I didn't know it was available until I actually saw it on Craigslist. Wow. And uh I I I called my mom up because I had just done the daily. I was only two years in at the daily. The daily kind of hit a hit a stride where I could do something different, and Cameron has been operating since. Um, so, yeah, I just said, this building is so beautiful, and I thought to myself when I took the first walkthrough of it, um, I kind of placed my age. I was, I think, 32 at the time, and I thought, you know, I've never eaten dinner here. And then I started pulling all my friends, and none of them had. And then my wife is a little younger than me, um, and she said that none of her friends had either. So I yeah. thought, wow, I have an opportunity here to get in here. All I got to do is provide a good product. I didn't know quite what it was initially. Um, good, good cocktails, good service. And I mean, the venue will speak for itself from a aesthetic standpoint. I well, thought, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about the building and the history behind it here in Rochester. Yeah. It's wild actually. It, I think the building was built in the 1880s, somewhere in there. And it was obviously a home for many years. I mean, it's been everything from, um, it's even been a brothel for a minute. I, I, I mean, it's got a weird history. But most notably, I think it was the Rio. And that was the destination. Um, it was like for a, for a fair amount of time between the Rio, the Rio Bamba, the Bamba Bistro. Yeah. It was like one of the hearts of fine dining here in Rochester. Yeah, I mean... Actually, um, Peter Vancola, the original owner, you could credit him in, in some small way for the cocktail, I guess, history in Rochester. I, he, I heard a story. I mean, he's he's deceased now. I heard a story about him, and I might get it wrong a little bit here, but basically he he went down to New York to do his own research and found a spirit called Campari. And liked it. And he came back uptown and up to Rochester and asked his distributors, who were mostly carrying wine back then and some random spirits, can I get this spirit called Campari? And they did some research, and soon enough, he started bringing these cases of Campari, and it started selling, or so the distributors thought. The distributors we're asking, somebody downstate asked, why is so much of this stuff moving up in Rochester, New York? <laughs> and while well, this place called Rio, selling it all. He came in and I guess Peter said, no, I'm not selling it. I'm, 
I'm drinking it. <laughs> I'm drinking it. <laughs> That's great. That's pretty funny. I mean, once once you get that hook in you, that bitter hook in your palate. Oh, it's amazing. It, it's hard. I, I I I yearn for that bitter hook in my palate when I drink something often. Yeah, I think that Campari is like that quintessential um, uh, thing that you need to offer bitterness and balance in a drink. And it does it so so nicely when used correctly. And it's so good just with soda and an orange. I mean, it, it, it's it amazing. feels great. Yeah. I mean, just good. you sometimes you need that, uh, for lack of a better term, that refresher for your palate. Yeah. Um, yep. It's just really pleasant. I remember when I discovered a Negroni for the first oh, time. Oh, man. And we, st- we put that on our first menu mm. because where else are you going to get one of those in town? Right. You know? And, yeah, it's weird now. You can go anywhere yeah. and get a different version. You know, people, yeah. there's so many modified Negronis and all these yeah. other concepts. And it's a drink that has so much, can have creativity behind it now. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so, yeah, Oxenstone, the, that building that interior is so unique. Yeah. When I walked in, um, it had been a French restaurant, uh, Italian influenced restaurant. And then when I walked in, I thought, you know, there's the vaulted ceilings and, uh, brick and dark wood, mahogany and all that. And I thought, I mean, this place to me is just screaming Spanish, you know, it just, it just fit. And I have the experience at Dorado and I felt confident in my ability to, um, offer a round Spanish menu. Um, so we feature paella there and uh, tacos, you know, hand-pressed tortillas and the whole nine yards. We definitely wanted to live up to the expectations I think people would have just based on walking into a venue that looks like that. Mm. I didn't want to just give them a, a bagged, you know, tortilla or something. I, I just, that's not happening. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a good few years for us. Yeah, it's one of the places I remember writing about for the city newspaper uh, when I was doing restaurant reviews there. Oh, yeah. And that was, it was relatively early on. Yeah. I'd yeah. say maybe a year in or something like that. Yeah, year. I think you're right. And it, it's, it was, and I'm sure it's changed and evolved since then, mm-hmm. but it's, it definitely has that pan Spanish, and I mean, really Spanish from Spain and Spanish from where they moved to. Uh, sure. Experience. Yeah, it does. I mean, we definitely flirt with some Latin American um, themes as well. Um, I just like Latin flavors mm. personally, and uh, I think that they're really fun. It's a fun way to cook. Um, it happens to be on trend too, conveniently for me, which is nice. But um, yeah, the place just screams Spanish to me, and it just felt right. Nice. Yeah. And. Again, that place doing very well, quite popular, and it's a weird thing to advertise, but it has a parking lot. It does on, have a parking lot. On Alexander Street. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Which, uh, if you are one of the people that complains about parking in the city... Got one. Oxenstone has a parking lot in we the do. heart of Rochester. <laughs> we do. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. But, true, and still, it's. I'm sure it actually drives a fair amount of people into the place. I think it does. Yeah, it's, it definitely aids for... The people that are coming from, you know, Brighton, Greece, whatever, Pittsburgh, whatever. Yeah. Um, the suburban people that, you know, maybe have uh, adverse feelings about coming down the city because they might not find a parking spot. Mm-hmm. You know, we got you covered. Anxiety covered. Yes. So let's talk about the newest place, mm-hmm. which is 
continues the takeover of the Swan Empire on Alexander Street. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Swan Dive. Swan Dive sure. is new here in Rochester. Yeah, brand new. Um, we opened about a month ago. And, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's directly across the street pretty much from the Oxenstone on Alexander, and we're having an amazing time there. It's got a, a funky funky layout, definitely um, a very different um, aesthetic than, than, you know, the current trends are going on. I think people are really feeling refreshed by all the color and the absence of, you know, the, the subway tile and yeah, all it's, that. Yeah, it's definitely, again... It's very much now that place. Yeah. Um, in a way that you can't say about a lot of places, you know, it is very now. Yeah. I've been to other big cities and there there's this there's this vibe about it that feels very, you know, twenty eighteen. Yeah, I agree. I, I do the same thing as you, it sounds like. I travel that's what I kind of consider my job to be at this point, mm-hmm. staying relevant. And uh that is crucial to me. Absolutely. And I'm just fascinated by design and stuff. I love doing it. Yeah. And I from, from having been to that building in the last two of its iterations, which was a uh, Italian place. Uh, was it a Benedetto's, if I recall correctly? Yep. And um, Havana. Havana Cabana, which, yeah, I, I wrote a pretty negative review of that place at the time when it was out mm-hmm. uh, in the newspaper. It, it's... The space feels, although the layout is the same, it feels completely different. Thank you. I was it was a challenge going in. I, I I I get struck when I go into a space. I always like to think about what would I do with a space if it were all mine, and that's part of the fun part. It seems like every two years now I'm doing this again because <laughs> I'm insane. <laughs> but that one in particular uh, was screaming for a bar in the back. And people keep yeah. referencing um, Lloyd's. It used to be Lloyd's way back in the day. Like all parents of people out there that are about 30 years old or so will remember Lloyd's if they lived in Rochester. Mm. And I guess there was a bar in the back, they say. Um, and I'm like, wow, somebody messed up taking that out. Absolutely. You know, and we, we made a big horseshoe style uh, bar and. You can overlook it from the second floor, which is a really cool view. I love I love the view. And I think that was a really smart move <laughs> because I remember when I was there before, you would look down and people dining. Yeah, it was from, awkward from the top, and it didn't make much sense. Um, the thing that struck me, I mean, we'll talk about the design because I think the design is really cool, but it has a specific density inside. It's not a big place. Although it has a lot of square footage, mm-hmm. it feels condensed in a really good way. Yeah, one of the tenets we were trying to hit on from a design standpoint was making you feel comfortable. And I, in my opinion, I always feel more comfortable not in a not in a packed space. I don't want to feel claustrophobic or anything. Um, although we get pretty busy at night. Yeah, I was um, I was there on Saturday night, and that place was hopping. Yeah. Um, but I, I love I love a place where you can go and you find your spot. You know what I mean? Which is it's it, it kind of flies in the face to the the most recent trends, you know, the big warehouse style um seating where you can just look across the entire room and see everything that's going on, which is awesome too. It's got its own it's a its own feel. But in that place the the layout that was that was given to us 
just it screamed for that. Yeah. And there was no way to make it all feel cohesive, you know, just the, in that one way. So we we chopped it up with two, the original bar um, we took out that was in the front building, if you've ever been in there, and redid that one and put the one in the back. And then upstairs is dining space, lounge. We've got a foosball table. We have plans to put in um, a dartboard and potentially a pool table someday. If, uh, my other partner, Nick, gets his way. It's a little relaxing up yeah. there. So if you want to step away, it's you know if it's if it's really busy downstairs, you might be able to find a quiet, quietish spot up yeah. in the front of that building, and you can still relax. And it's you know quietish. It's not a quiet place, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's there. It's vibrant. I would Absolutely. say that. You know, I, I that's what we were going for. I mean, I don't think anybody goes down to Alexander Street to have a nice quiet dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can have dinner. But absolutely, you better. I think you better be ready to be having some fun, sure, and you know, see some people you know, and that's that's what we wanted to do there. Let's talk about the concept. So we talked about the design, which is very current. And when I looked at that menu for the first time, I thought it was the quintessential high-low restaurant. Yeah, where it's exploring uh, simple food but executing it at a different level. Definitely. Um, well, we want we definitely have. If, if you visit the Swan Dive, what you'll have is um, an Ita- an Italian influenced menu. Um, our cornerstone is our pizza offerings. Uh, we make all the dough in house. It's it's really really good. Um, Which it's also nice to take advantage of that built in oven that was there. Yeah, that's true. Save fourteen <laughs> grand there. Yep. Um, <laughs> Like, hmm, what are we going to do in this place? Oh, there's pizza ovens. Perfect. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's that. We also have kind of uh, pub fare, basically, um, done our way. Uh, so we have a burger. We have a foot-long hot dog. We, we People love our mozzarella sticks. And uh, thanks um, to, you know, the uh, your German brothers over at the uh, Swan Market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just talking to Barry Fisher uh, a couple weeks ago here. Yeah. And he mentioned that he was serving that over there. I'm like, what a great fit. Oh, it's perfect. It's, now, it's great. It, it, it makes people confused, though. It's like, you own Swan Market? No, no, I don't. No, those are our German <laughs> brothers. They're doing great work. <laughs> um, no, he's he's been in a couple times, and he's really, really cool. Um, I mean, the, the, he's, the, the Swan Market speaks for itself. I, the, it the really hot dog's does. so good. Yeah, and then to, to source something from a great producer locally... You can only do so many things in-house. Yeah. I mean, if you're already doing pizza dough, and this is, for people that haven't seen it, this is a tiny kitchen. Oh, yeah. We have a little, it used to be the office of probably Benedetto's. Um, it's now a dough room. and uh, we, Which you got to have if you're, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a severe pizza nerd, and yeah. you got to have space to do it right. Yeah. So the dough room is funny. We already, we weren't. We didn't know what to expect. We're like, okay, we'll sell some pizzas. You know, we'll see how it goes. And <laughs> whoops, um, <laughs> it's got it got really busy. And we're um, the first fridge I bought uh, was way too small, and uh, so I tripled. I, I I had to get a fridge that was twice the size and keep the other one. Yeah, um, just to proof all the dough, and it's been interesting. Yeah, well, doing. I could not not to go too deep because we're we could do this for a while, but doing a longer cold fermentation drives a lot of interesting flavors. Yeah, we like it. Um, I mean, we love you. Open this cooler and it smells like 
uh, if you've been to a brewery, uh, the yeast smell is mm. just, it's just so good and fresh. And um, I don't think there's a replacement for that flavor or for the texture that it can provide in the chew. So we're getting sidetracked in pizza, which is fine with me. <laughs> um, yeah, at least for a couple minutes. I'm, I'm going to nerd out with John about pizza another time, but. Sure. We, um, so I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh and at lunch I would go to Basin Pontillas, which I think is the best Pontillas in town. I've heard that so many times and I think it's, it's almost common knowledge now, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good there. So, I mean, but it is a, it's a crushable pizza it is what it is. It's very, I think almost Rochester style. I don't know. It's, I think it's so good. Yeah. And, um, so I, I love that and I, I wanted my sister and I, my sister actually deserves all the credit for the actual dough recipe. We've, we did a little research. We wanted to emulate the basin dough, but we actually went through, um, there's a pizzeria in Philadelphia called, uh, Pizzeria Bedia. Mm. Um, it got ranked, ranked the best pizza in the world. So I'm like, okay, might, might elicit a, uh, some, some investigation here. It's now closed. The guy, the guy published a book and said, I'm, I'm not making pizza anymore. So this is amazing. So we got his book and we tried his dough recipe and we really liked it. Um, it, you know, it, it wasn't right for what we wanted to do. Yeah. So we tweaked on that one. And um, we used a combination of two different flours, all-purpose and bread, and salt, a little oil, and water. And that's it. Yeah, um, I, think that, I think that kind of dough and that kind of place really um, adding the oil to the dough gives it a certain texture that people are very comfortable with. Yeah. Um, it, it's a different... It's You're bringing that crunch. You're bringing that... That's, Chewiness, yeah, a little bit of that to it because it's going to be a crunchy pizza versus a crispy pizza. I right. delineate between the two. No, I of course appreciate that because um, it, it's gonna, you're bringing a crunchy texture. One, that's what people want. Yeah, and two, that's the kind of oven you have. You yeah, got a 600 degree oven. Right, you can get crunch. Exactly. So we wanted that. We wanted some chew. Um, and we, my dad is hilarious. Um, he. He has a pizza test. His pizza test, I pro, everyone probably has their own pizza test, mm-hmm. but his pizza test, if it passes, it is one that if you hold it by the crust, it will maintain, it will defy gravity and just kind of stay, you know, straight. It yes. won't sag. See, it's weird. Like for me, if it sags, that means I'm going to love it. Okay, nice. Because I'm, I'm a Neapolitan pizza fan okay. more than anything else. Although I love the other kinds. So you do the fold. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a wrap. I, oh, I wrap it into it. a little like cigar almost. Nice. And then just scorch my mouth with the Cheat, you know, molten cheese. thousand degree you know, tomato and cheese. Amazing. Um, but yeah, that's and I, one. I think that attention to the little things for a pizza where a lot of people are just going to be annihilating them. Mm-hmm. But still that attention to making that pizza for what it is be a friendly pizza, but one where if you take a second, you're going to enjoy it in a different way. Definitely. And I think that's from what I've read so far, that's the way the rest of the menu is too. I totally agree. Yes. Um, and um, not to finish it off, I don't think this is a negative note particularly, but one I found interesting was some of the online reception for what you're doing there. <laughs> it's hilarious. People really didn't understand it. And I thought based on, as soon as I read the menu and looked at the design, I'm like, got it. This is exactly a high-low place. So you're the guy that gets it. 
<laughs> um, you know, it seemed super obvious because that's one, your style. And two, I mean, the design is like I'm up in Toronto. Some of those places I've been to, it, it feels like that. Yeah, thank you. Um, I take pride in that. I, I we, Again, I travel a lot. And when, I, when I'm out, I'm not sure. Well, I'm traveling for fun, but part of my fun is to go to every restaurant I can get to. Yeah. And anything that's got any news or anything like that, I try to get to it. So the one um, that probably influenced the Swan Dive the most is called John and Vinny's in L.A. Mm. It's an Italian restaurant. They don't have a bar. Uh, they do beer and wine, but um, their vibe and just what they're offering and the ambiance that they provide, I mean, it's similar to us. We have, you know, no fuss, just good food done right, you know, made fresh with, you know, Wu-Tang in the background. Yeah. <laughs> because it's fun. And that, that's what it's all about. And. The, the I mean I like I like Yelp for what it is. Me I'm, too. I started on Yelp, and I I think there's a lot of intelligent people still on. Totally there. agree. And and I mean the fact of the matter is people are entitled to their opinions. Uh, the problem I have with it though is that opinion is just an opinion, and I think when people go on to Yelp, sometimes, you know, it can send the wrong message to people because I think in my head, it makes a lot of sense, and to a lot of people, I think are are. Our theme and our concept makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and I think it's people take sometimes they take things a bit too literally. Yeah, and you know the name has dive in it. Yeah, people have pointed out to me that the flamingo is not a fl- is not a swan. Uh, flamingo. <laughs> it's like people pointed out to me that uh, you know just just weird bizarre things that you know I. I don't know. I would give the owner of a place the benefit of the doubt that maybe he did his research. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'd also, I'd say to somebody who said, hey, it says dive in the name, take a half step away from it. Yeah. Because inherently it has, there's dive elements to it. Definitely. We, so that's one element that we uh, are really happy with. I mean, the, the thing that I love about a good old dive bar, you know, is that you can go in doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter how you're dressed. Um, you know you're going to be able to go in and have a good time, have a good conversation with your bartender, and there's no pretentiousness Yeah, there. It's, it's, it's a non-intimidating thing, and that's one, based on what it is, based on what you're serving, it is non-intimidating yes. in the best possible way. Thank you. Um, that's, that was the entire intention. And any, every, anywhere that we've mentioned the word dive bar and what we're striving for, it's it's that element of the dive bar that we're trying to pull from. Yeah, and it's I think that's the challenge. When people have this one picture, it's a black and white picture of this is a dive. Mm-hmm. And I think what I would tell them, and uh, some of the responses from you guys have been really interesting on yeah. you, to be well, honest. Well, speak, you know, <laughs> I've gotten, so I feel like the place can, we have the opportunity to have a little attitude. I, I think know? that's so, fine. I think it's a good idea, truthfully. I think so. And I uh, we got criticized by one gentleman who didn't like the mozzarella sticks, for instance. Yeah. And, and you know, I just, I, I humbly disagree wholeheartedly with his point, which is great. You know, yeah. I mean, we can have this dialogue. But we're, first of all, we're allowed to do whatever we like. And if people receive it well, great. Yeah. If, if they don't, we'll bet your ass will change you know <laughs> um but uh mozzarella sticks there's no reason they can't be really good or with made with fresh mozzarella 
You know, what's wrong with that? I I think you've, there's a lot of opportunity for extra deliciousness. I think so too, and it's been it's been really fun to experiment with food in that way. Um, you know, and, and drinks. Uh, we're we're rethinking how cocktails are served. I think one of the biggest criticisms for people that are not cocktail enthusiasts is you know speed of service, mm. and we're we're addressing that as best we can. Um, we have a couple of cocktails. Uh, we made this elaborate draft system for cocktails um, in our in our place to to make it legal to pour and all that, and it's been really really cool and um, well received. Makes the speed of service much much faster. People can still get that dynamic cocktail pairs good with their food, but really quick. Mm. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah. It's been a it's been a wild wild time so yeah, far. Yeah, it's been a wild one month. <laughs> yeah, it really has. I mean, we're learning so much. We're also changing the way s- we we don't have typical service there either, which is um, something we knew we were going to do from the get go. The second I saw the layout, I, I knew it couldn't be a, a regular dining space. Um, it, it wasn't going to be able to hold itself up uh, from from an actual economical perspective. Right. Normal dining service wasn't going to work. So we're doing, um, you, we have an order counter. You'd walk to with your number to a spot and we'll find you kind of thing. And it also does the added benefit of um, breaking down the pretentiousness again and just kind of breaking down that whole thing. Just try to improve, you know, make you feel comfortable and make you feel like you can just completely be yourself, whoever you are, whatever you're dressed like, it doesn't matter. Um, it's that kind of place. Sounds good, man. I think we're going to wrap up for today. Um, and so what we want to plug today, we've got the Rochester cocktail revival, uh, this is coming out on Tuesday. There'll be events from now through the entire weekend and you can go to rochestercocktailrevival.com and check out all the different events. And if you want to check out John Swan's places or anything from the Swan family, you've got Rue, you've got Dorado, you've got the Daily Refresher, you've got the Swan Dive, and you've got Ox and Stone yep. for all of your Rochester dining needs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's crazy. I can't believe this all happened. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over, John. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your time, and uh, everybody have fun at the Rochester Cocktail Revival. Yeah, come out and see year. us. Come out and see us. All right. Thanks, everybody.